ASI Season 4. This is Episode 19. I am your host, Russ Shaw. Welcome. I'm tired of giving up so easy. Tired of giving up at all. Tired of giving up so easy. Tired of giving up at all. Nobody said it would be easy. Nobody said nothing at all. And I'm tired of giving up. Well, I certainly will be saying something. That's that's what this show is about, the ASI podcast. Hopefully it is encouraging. Hopefully I don't just run my mouth and uh, ramble on. Hopefully this is making some sense and maybe putting some fuel in your tank. Are you tired of giving up so easy? That's a great question. It's a great song. It hopefully stirs the heart, puts a little angst in you. Um, hopefully I can influence the solving of some cognitive dissonance around giving up. It had me thinking, is cognitive dissonance just a fancy-pants neuroscience way of saying, you know, dealing with what's going on in our heavy, dirty soul, for example? This is uh, 21 Pilots. Yes, that's 21 Pilots, a couple of guys from uh, Columbus, Ohio, that uh, indie band that made it onto the Billboard charts. The genre of music that is uh, alternative hip-hop, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know there was a genre called alternative hip-hop. Anyway, uh, ASI247.org. My name is Russ Shaw. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, chat about some of this stuff, asi247.org is my uh, website. All the Facebook connection stuff is there. On the Facebook uh, like page, there's some cool news stories and articles and some stuff I'm going to talk about today. And I've posted a lot of that stuff there on the ASI. uh, It's Meet Russ Shaw, it's called, on the Facebook-like section. Anyway, getting that out of the way. Got a lot of emails over the last few weeks. Going to do some email response show here today. 
The music I play on this here podcast can be accessed through the website, asi247.org. Click on the music tab. You can actually buy the music right there on the website or the ASI Spotify playlist if you'd like to kick back and listen to the bumper music, the full songs. Um, they're right there on the ASI music page as well. Um, donations, if you would like to help be financially adventurous in helping put out a message that uh, gives hope to our sexual lives, right? This isn't so much about sexual ethics as much as it is just the way that our lives are pouring out and how sex has a big thing to do with that, right? Um, I'm not here to call balls and strikes. This is a Christian podcast. I am a, a guy who believes that God did come into his creation, time and space, as the sun in order to love us and not to condemn us, but to show us the way of love and the way of long-term heart-flourishing freedom, all right? So if you'd like to invest in a message that doesn't see the culture and the people that are in the culture as the enemy, we are to war against but rather those precious hearts and souls and minds are actually the battlefield that God cares about, is very fond of, and loves furiously. Um, if you feel led to invest in a message in a ministry that brings help and hope rather than a finger-pointing, should and ought toing condemnation, then uh, I, I pray that you would, I pray that you could be a life energy sojourner with me in this experience. Money is life energy, is it not? ASI247.org, you can donate right there on the, the homepage via PayPal. Also, a non-financial way of helping the show is to leave a review on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, however you listen to this here podcast. And uh, I also wanted to say thank you to those who have donated and to those who um, have left reviews of the podcast. Man, it, it means a lot. And now that I got that stuff out of the way, let's see if we can't cross the busy intersection of faith and behavioral science as me, Russ Shaw, your professionally unprofessional host, <laughs> gathers the courage to step out when the walk sign starts to flash. The scientific approach and the faith-based approach coming together in this here, the ASI podcast. And if that don't stir up some cognitive dissonance, I don't know what doesn't, right? Or it does, what don't. Polarizes, taking your disguises, separating them, splitting them up from wrong and right. It's deciding where to die and deciding where to fight tonight, tonight, tonight. It's kind of 
funny that cognitive dissonance is known as a theory, you know. Like, theories are a testing of faith, are they not? A theory is still not fact. It's theory. But it's a tested theory. My neighbor uh, is an atheist and kind of a passionate atheist. But he's he's cool. He's, like, not too much in this kind of self-righteous way an atheist, you know. So we can have these conversations and we can still be friends. And, you know, we <laughs> we can challenge each other, which is cool. And one of the things, one of the ways he challenged me was in this word theory, because that's always my breakdown, right? Like, you can't prove it. Like, I can't prove there is a God. You can't prove there isn't one. So we're both living our lives by faith, right? And his answer to that was, well, we have certain theories. We can break down these theories, and we can prove things based on theory. And I'm like, yeah, but a theory still isn't fact, but he's right in the testing of theory as we do research. You know, we take an idea and then we come up with this theory and then we test the theory based on, and this is scientific stuff. Churches do this. There was a study done a while back by the Barna Group, you know, that proved that church going Christians got divorced just as much as people that didn't go to church. And that theory. Um, that research has been challenged and tested over and over again with some pretty good results um, proving that that wasn't true. When it came to real Bible-believing, you know, serving the church, being in some kind of community group, those folks had a lot better results in longevity in their marriages than people that just went to a show every Sunday, right? Just attended church. There's a difference between attending church and belonging to a place, right? Uh, seeing it as a family. And it's the same with scientific disciplines, not just behavioral science, but, you know, the physicists and the biologists, and they all have these different studies, and they don't always sync up, right? You know, on the scientific basis, you could go off and it'll splinter off into different disciplines of science. And, and that's what I was saying. There's some more mystery than there is things proven about the origin of the species and the, you know, the reason we're all here. You know, there is faith in the atheist mind, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. So I'm going to keep unpeeling the onion. It's that whole... Uh, just give us one miracle, the Big Bang, right? There's that Big Bang happened, and that's our miracle. Let's We'll explain everything that happened after that, right? <laughs> just let us have this Noah's Ark, and we'll be fine. Um, but all the theories that are proven after that, that, okay, cool, whatever, right? But what does that theory do to bring comfort? These nutsy, boltsy theories, what do they do to help us in the times of our our great sadnesses, our great betrayals, our great trials, stresses, loneliness. You know, see, we seek to find some kind of way out of these emotional places in our thought life. See, solving that cognitive dissonance, addiction has more to do with how we solve that stuff than you know, getting a new program or you know, we quit too fast. We, these things are like fruit. Short-term fruit is killing us. It's functional, 
It's functional to jerk off and have an orgasm, but long term, it's killing us, and we know that. And we, yeah, we that's why music, you know, that song by Ryan Adams stirs up that dissonance, and you feel that, right? Why do I give up so easy? And I'm tired of fighting. I don't understand it all. And I'm tired of lying. Tired of trying to hide it Tired of giving up so easy Tired of giving up at all Tired of giving up so easy Tired of giving up at all Is that all you can say? so long, you know, and the same disciplines over and over again, there's got to be, again, that something under underneath, right, that has to take place. But again, it, going for that 90-day challenge, right, partake in the ultimate challenge. If you can do the 90 days, there's something in the science that says it's a lot easier to break this habit past that 90 days. But you got to do something else, right? Because the fruit of the science is good, right? But there's there's a spiritual component to this. Jesus told the woman at the well, you know, I'll give you a kind of water that you can drink and you won't get thirsty again, right? An ongoing fountain. And that always challenged me, right? Like, what what is that? Are you saying that you know, you just it's like this magic solve-all, you know? And it's not that it's a solve-all, but I really had to delve into the spiritual aspect of this thing. That's why this is a Christian show. That's just why I'm a Christian, is because these things in the heart matter. They matter immensely. They matter like a, a branch being grafted into a tree, you know? A branch can't just lay on the ground and survive by itself. You don't just bury it and get a tree. It, it's got to be grafted in. It, it, this stuff matters like the cornerstone in construction. You know, if you don't have some kind of foundation, long term, the thing ain't going to last. John 13, uh, 34 through 35. This is from the message translation. Um, let me give you a new commandment. These are the words of Jesus, and this is sort of my drive here today in the show as well. And not just the nutsy, boltsy, you know, watch your thought life, you know, snuff out those thoughts and, and uh, right, like bounce your eyes. These things are good. Those things are good. But listen, here we go. Again, this is from the message translation. John 13, 34 through 35. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another in the same way that I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for each other. 
that is a challenge man it's a beautiful challenge but it is a challenge the fruit of the spirit right there's there's all these scriptures that point to fruit you know and that and fruit is kind of the the evidence of faith is it not not that there's evidence in faith because the very definition of faith is the belief in things unseen but when we do put our stock in things that are unseen it changes the outcome of our lives does it not this is part of theory this is where theory comes in you know the word theory and the word faith I don't know maybe I went off on a tangent there but you get what I'm saying right like cognitive dissonance is in a nutshell is wanting to see some consistency in the way that we solve our thought life and our emotional life has a lot to do a mass amount to do with our thought life as situations arise as things come up we our minds go to work very quickly to solve those unanswered questions and one of the things i've been saying a lot recently uh, some on on nofap uh, christians is don't give up you know if there's any one discipline that really helped me see nine years of getting away from this compulsion right is is that it's just perseverance it's just not quitting it's just not giving up are you tired of giving up then press against it have some faith in what i'm saying as it goes to perseverance don't quit don't be so easy to quit like i was a really good quitter I was I would get frustrated and the way I would solve that frustration was to quit. Throw in the towel. Screw it. I'm done. Man, no. You got to stop that pattern and start to realize what you're putting your faith in. I pray that you get that, man. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. And listen, I'm not just talking about getting back up after a relapse, right? You masturbated, you watched porn, and you feel like crap, and then you're um, you're tempted to quit. You're tempted to throw in the towel. Yes, get up. Perseverance. Get back up. That's the time you need to get back up. But I want to give you a, a new challenge, and again, it comes from that John 13, right? Jesus, a new commandment I give you, love one another. Um, I wanted to read you an email from a listener, and I know there's single folks out there and there's married folks, and the toughest thing for us, a lot of us, man, is is relationship and how that works itself out. How do, What does it look like to love people? Perseverance in love. Um, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. And I love that verse because it shows not only, you know, the the strategies, right? Like, don't quit on the strategies. Keep bouncing your eyes. Keep watching your thought life, right? But not just that, but how we actually love 
what does it mean this this economy from the head to the heart how we invest in love are we trying to survive what is it what happens when somebody takes the storage locker of our secrets and busts it open see i think we fear the compounding interest of shame because when a lot of people's secret locker is busted open man they can't take it it's it's really difficult but what i'm telling you is that there's opportunity in that there's opportunity to live from the inside out and to not let shame rule you all right yes you're going to be sorry yes you'll feel guilty but shame starts to work itself out in a way that the hiding stops it has to stop it when it's exposed it stops and for some folks it's a blessing to have that right a battering ram knock down the door of the secret locker and i believe that in a lot of ways jesus being tough on the pharisees was trying to free them right like your whitewashed tomb your your he says he tells him you're like rotting bones underneath a beautifully manicured lawn and gravesite right it's nice on the outside but underneath it's it's rotting bones and deteriorating flesh you know you spend all this time keeping the outside of the cup clean while the inside of the cup is putrid with this moldy right stuff that flourishes in the dark like the anxiety and the fear right because there's an economy to keeping that door shut there's an compounding interest in the secret itself bury my bones when the glory is gone the infection is left to the heart and the head the infection is left to the heart and the head all my monuments of accomplishments are lost and left behind how do I find an end I can't Remember how this began There's no loyalty in shooting stars Just for your fees and failure scars For every birth there is a death For every sunrise there is a set surveys on the website asi247.org if you'd like to be on the podcast if you'd like to uh let me get to know you a little better let me ask you nine or ten questions um to, to get inside your your soul a little bit to know you on a deeper level right to confess some things that are on the inside um you're anonymous but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you're thinking as the audience. So ASI247.org, the survey page. Speaking of ripple effect, I wanted to touch on something that's in the news real recently. Uh, Ashley Madison is a website that uh, basically is for cheaters, right? Like this, it's, I don't, people, pe this site was started for um, people who want to commit adultery. Um, that's what the whole 
the service is about. Like, if that isn't a testament to our fallen nature as human beings right there, right? Like, some people got together and said, hey, people want to cheat on their spouses, so why don't we create a service that connects people who want to have an affair, right? And listen, normally I wouldn't even mention this company's name or tell the listeners to this podcast that this company exists, but there's been some developments. I mean, this company's tagline is, life is short, have an affair. And they're they're so wealthy that this company was trying to buy um, advertising during the last Super Bowl. Uh, They were turned down, uh, of course, and thankfully that the NFL has enough integrity and, you know, human decency not to advertise for a website that destroys families, right? There's all these verses in the Bible. The whole book of Habakkuk is a story of a prophet who is is mad at God because evil prospers, right? Like, that's his thing. He's, he's upset with God. Like, why do you let evil prosper? Uh, there's good news in this story about Ashley Madison, at least for me. And it's sort of like street justice because this company was hacked recently. You probably heard about this in the news um, if you haven't, and this is new news for you. Yes, Ashley Madison, the Life is Short, Have an Affair company, was hacked by a hacker group. Um, and, and basically what they said was, here's their demands. Shut down turn off your service, or we're going to start to leak the profiles of your users, who they promise are secret, right? That's the Ashley Madison people are, right? Will we protect your your privacy? And, and they even have a scrub service. Like if you want to get off Ashley Madison, you pay $20, and they will scrub you from the website, which wasn't really true. And this hacker group also... Um, divulge that little secret that, no, they still keep your data, right? Um, so from what I understand about reading this story, they 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 called the bluff. They said, oh, well, yeah, right, you hacked our service and you have our, our files and you're going to start, yeah, sure, right. So they did. Um, a man in uh, Massachusetts, his stuff was leaked onto the Internet. A woman in Ontario... There's been a, a few more, from what I understand. And, and hey, we're not bluffing. Here you go. Um, lives ruined, right? And it's sort of like street justice a little bit, right? Because this hacker group, like, that's illegal, you know? <laughs> Sadly, I don't know. It's like you can't go into this Ashley Madison website and you can't, you're not, you're not allowed to hack other people. Like, that's against the law. It's like a federal crime. Yet, it's sort of like street justice, isn't it? All right. And there's a certain, I don't know, maybe it's bad, whatever. But there was a certain you know, kind of a, yeah, that's that's street justice, man. That's fair. Now, I'm not encouraging hackers, all right? Do I think hacking is bad? Do I think getting into other people's business and computers and stuff is is bad? Yes, it's, that's not, it, it, no. You could go to prison for that kind of thing, all right? It is against the law. Um, But still, it's just, this is how, <laughs> this is how this played out. 
Am I encouraged that people's lives are being turned upside down and that um, affairs are being exposed and the divorce attorneys? Um, 37 million users. Most of those are in the Canada and in, in the U.S. Um, there's a lot in Europe, too. But it's going to be a, a very good year for divorce attorneys, I think, if they end up. Um, Ashley Madison doesn't look like they're going to pull their site down, right? They're just not going to go out of business. But they may, by default, because this happened, there's a news story that broke in uh, CNBC, kind of the stock channel for NBC, that said the headline is, uh, Ashley Madison faces doomsday scenario after hack. <laughs> and this is, they tried to go public. So Ashley Madison uh, tried to launch an IPO in London and uh, yeah, that's not happening now. And it just reminds me of the fact our sins will find us out. You know, that's in the Bible. Uh, John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus says, all right? Obedience to Christ is not... You know, oh, God's trying to wreck all my fun. No, it's actually better. It's actually a better scenario. It's actually, right, God created the world. He created the universe. He loves you and cares about you and wants to see your life flourish as well as the lives of the people that your life touches, has a ripple effect on. So hopefully there's some good news from this that couples who, you know, one is having an affair and that gets exposed will reconcile, um, will heal. And people that were living a double life and feeling that like that's somehow exciting. And maybe it is in the beginning, right? Um, but over time, it's exhausting, you know, trying to keep your story straight, trying to live like this double life, like a spy, man, it's, I can speak from experience. It is not healthy long-term. It will stress you out. It'll raise your stress levels, raise your anxiety levels. You know, your spouse gets a hold of your computer or your, now your smartphone today, and, and you go into a little freak out, right? Because you're afraid, um, what might happen. I'm so grateful that I get to live in just who I am today. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have any secrets. No one's going to expose, you know, Russia did this and boom and oh my gosh, right? I'm not I'm not worried about that. That has me living at a different level of of stress than I did before. And that's a good thing. Like I I have this kind of scarlet letter and I still feel it, all right? Um, I wasn't caught in my adultery. I confessed it. And the reason I did so um, wasn't to be mean to my wife, you know? It wasn't to try and put her down or hurt her. But I had to expose to her who I really was and what I had become. Um the damage of my past, the lies that I believed, 
the man who I had become and the man who I did not want to be anymore and the, the man that I am now, all right? Getting down to that bedrock level of, of spirit rather than flesh. It's how I've experienced nine years of sexual sobriety and it's how I continue to live today without this thing ruling my life like it used to without living in the dark, without having secrets. And that's why I encourage you, man. It takes telling someone. You have to get this out of you. You have to tell somebody. Um, email me, russ at asi247.org. That was a big first step for a lot of people. And then they took a step further, talked to a counselor, talked to a pastor, and then, right? But you got to tell somebody. You cannot just keep this inside. Um, again, the ASI survey page, I have a survey called uh, Confessions, right? ASI Confessions. And, and on that page, I ask some of these questions, and and people have... have said you know yeah uh, I'm like that on that page one guy was like this is for you're the first person I've been asked and I've told this to so that's encouraging um, that we would start to let um, some light into that rusty old shack that is our our human heart that 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 grace is allowed to come in there you know like we listen to the voice of the devil that says, oh, don't let that door open. Just leave that thing shut. Nail it shut. Don't let any light in there. Man, once you start to confess your secrets, you're letting light into that shack. And it's, man, it's beautiful. It'll change your world. It'll change your worldview, which in turn will change your world. But the way that you see the world, right, the glasses, the lenses that you see the world through, when you start living in the truth, you just start the, the incremental first baby step of living in the truth. It blow your mind um, how freeing that is. So, yeah, pray for the people who are affected by this Ashley Madison thing. Um, it's heartbreakingly sad, but I hope it continues. Not because I want to see these people burn or hurt, but because because of the soul healing that happens when someone starts to live a secretless life, right? Like we put so much stock in the secret, and then when it's just busted open and shattered... It's it's good for us. It's hard to believe, but it really is. And it shows that God loves the lost coin. That God departs from the 99 to seek out the one hurting soul who's exposed. It's like being stripped down, bare naked, right? You're in the hospital gown, and your loving father is also the surgeon it's like dr gearhart said in one of those early interviews you know the the pain that's being pressed on and then when it's cut open right when we relinquish control to the great surgeon 
and he goes in and he does the incision and there's there's our cancer or our tumor or whatever it is and it's being removed it's seen in the light and then it's removed right it can't survive any longer because of the pain and and that's what happens when people get exposed and that's the good part about it because there's that kind of god is pressing on that sore spot right does it hurt here does it hurt here let's get that removed let's get that tumor out of there listen there is a reason suffering is not purposeless And I don't understand at all why some of us go through horrific suffering, even as children. But I do know, and I have seen, that even though it is the coldest and the darkest before the dawn, um, that in the victims, uh, God does get angry. God does feel with us, grieve and hurt with us. And I also know that his love for us has purpose. You could even say that God has an agenda in it. And I know that word might raise some eyebrows, but listen, there's a reason for the things that come up. There is meaning behind it. It's not just chaos. You are loved. You are in the midst of a spiritual journey. As long as you realize that and you don't give up, there is a place and meaning for your pain. Don't quit. Don't give up on this relationship with your father and don't listen to that voice in your head that's telling you that it's all meaningless and that God doesn't love you and that this, this relationship doesn't exist because that is a a lie from the devil there's two key attributes about human motivation and one of them is agendas and goals right we're we're moving in a direction whether we have our goals on paper or not and the other one is fulfillment once we get to the place where we feel safe or we accomplish a goal we feel a sense of fulfillment and it's not always a positive feeling it's just okay this is where i'm at right this feels normal this feels comfortable this has me feeling alive you know see i think that's part of maturity that we start to see the things that were fulfilling or helped us feel alive are destructive you know there's a lyric in one of Nikki Six's songs the 6am the band where he you know the heroin addict in recovery and, and there's this line in, in one of his tunes I can't remember which one it was um, where he says I know that you don't love this anymore and again I think he's really pressing on affection right and our agendas behind the affections and that's another thing about having our locker of secrets um pried open right someone comes along and kicks open the the door to the secret locker the agendas for keeping the secrets in the first place are exposed in the light and and it's humiliating yes it it is wonderfully humiliating 
Because then we are, you know, it's like I was on the throne of my heart for so long. And when when that thing, when, when I was exposed, it really helped God and me, right? That relationship, letting him be the Lord of my life as I let these things be exposed in the light as I finally begin to trust and then let go of my death grip, right? My hands clenched around the secret. I was finally able to start to release it. Man, I didn't even know it was possible to live a secretless life, you know? It's like we're given only so much emotional energy to value and my bank account of emotional spiritual energy was being depleted by the the stock that i was putting in the energy that i was putting into adding another layer of armor you know no i'm going to add another layer of armor i'm going to keep this secret i'm going to make up another lie i'm going to you know and it was exhausting and it's weird how something like that can overtake us, right? Like you practice makes perfect, you know, you work at it long enough, it starts to just become part of your personality. And a personality that's based in lies isn't really real. It's a mirage, you know. For me, I was such a good liar over the years and such a good manipulator and spinner of facts. I just forgot who I was. I didn't even know who I was after a while because of my chameleon-like camouflage of social uh, fakery. Our relationship with God is unique in the fact that you can't hide anything from God. God knows exactly what's going on in the dark. And he's rooting for you like he loves you. He's calling you unto himself. He's, you know, calling his chickens home, as it says in Revelations. He's he's knocking on the door, right? Is that metaphor that Jesus uses, standing at the door, just waiting for you to open the door, waiting for me to open the door. And then when I could finally realize who I was, I could bring myself to the relationship for me, it was realizing that this paradigm shift had a ripple effect on my relationships, other relationships, right? Human relationships. See, the relationship with my Father in Heaven was so important because it was the realization and the value and the mining of understanding that I wasn't alone, that I wasn't all alone, that even in my secret place, the grace of God began to flood my heart as I knew that He still loved me, even in that that shack, right, in that part of my heart that no one was allowed into, He was there and still loved me dearly that the creator of the universe actually delighted in me delights in me and that i was loved and that i wasn't this piece of crap piece of garbage that i'd been told over and over again and that this voice in my head kept telling me over and over again but that i was a good creation and a new creation in christ jesus it's something that still to this day I have to wake up and be reminded of that it's true, you know, 
with all the pressure and all the voices that, you know, bring up our inadequacies and our insecurities is just real. Um, I'll give you an example. I used to have bad dreams about wrecking my cars, almost every car I've had. I don't know why, but I'd have these dreams that I was in an accident, you know, and my car was smashed and I wasn't injured, but the car was smashed and I would wake up in the morning and think that my car was smashed, right? I remember when I was younger, I would run outside and look at my car and, oh, it's fine, right? (laughs) My car wasn't smashed. It was just a bad dream, you know? And that's kind of like this reality of realizing the grace of God. When we know that on the inside, our heart isn't smashed and a total loss, we live differently. We do life differently. Spawns on a new way of doing relationships with people. And some of the messiest relationships are those romantic relationships with our girlfriends, with our spouses, guys, right? See, this is bringing all of you to the relationship. That's why I say that. Um, You need to be you and then bring you to her. See, it's sacrificing the costume that is the fake you, you know? And listen, when we uh, can have the courage to be honest about what Brendan Manning called the shadow life, it inspires others to live that as well, it, to be themselves, right? It, it sounds so difficult, it's weird, right? That's why I say that about the Ashley Madison people, you know, sometimes having your costume just ripped off in front of everyone is freeing. can be the best thing that ever happened. It's a whole different kind of explicit nudity right there, isn't it? Reminds me of that old saying, being naked is the day you were born. And listen, talk about a rebirth, right? It's like you're trying to become a new person from the inside out. And and that's why a spiritual life is so incredibly important. That's why, you know, that metaphor that Jesus uses, uh, you need to be born again is so important because it's like a new you being birthed out it's getting to the place where you're saying i would rather be me who god created rather than put a fake version of myself out there that can be accepted by people right i hope this is making sense um your spouse, you know, marriages don't always survive this. And that's the scary part, isn't it? And I get that. I'm not, I'm not shooting and autoing on you. And some of you may feel the heaviness of, man, I need to confess, man. Some of you guys have done things. You've cheated. You've been with prostitutes. Maybe you're in a compulsive, ongoing addiction to that. And you, you feel it, man. You need to confess. And I know what it's like. I've got a, a series of emails over the last month or so, you know, in talking about codependency and 
right? There's the Christian covenant marriage, and then there's kind of the secular attitude towards codependency. And what, what does that look like in, in the Christian worldview? And I'm really praying on this and studying and realizing how the Holy Spirit's worked this out in my life. And that's what I can bring you is my life experience. I'm going to read an email from a listener who listened to all the shows up to episode 40 and then was like, oh, wow, what's happening now? And started listening to the season four and some of the new episodes to, to gather where I'm at now. Um, I've had some other emails from listeners who are just like, I am in this horrible relationship and I'm married to this awful person, <laughs> right? And uh, listen, what does it look like to live in the light? That That's going to be the next show. I've gone long on this show. Again, feeling the weight of confession. Uh, I talk about the bomb squad. I'm going to encourage you not to do this alone, that you have someone around you and that you confess this with people in a church or, or, or counseling office, right, to help contain that blast, all right, because it's going to be like a bomb going off. And again, these things left in the dark to just continue to grow, it's like the tumor is growing, and it's going to need to be removed. It's, you know, your sins will find you out. That's very true. It is better to confess this thing than to get caught. It is better to have your skeletons opened up by you into the daylight than to have them start coming out of the closet years later and affecting your legacy. Reputation is kind of a short-term thing legacies grow over time it's the mark of a person's life and people who are truth tellers living in the light won't always have the best reputation all right but over time they'll be respected and they'll have a better legacy because they were honest and because they weren't faking, and because they were less vested in their reputation and more vested in their long-term legacy. Like, it's a lot safer and easier to be a neat religious person than it is to be a truth-telling, letting Jesus be your savior and not yourself, godly man or woman. Because, listen, it's not always going to be the most comfortable choice to live in the truth and to start telling the truth and to redesign a habit formation that is a one of a truth teller. But it will free you, you know. Jesus says the truth will set you free. And, and that is so very true. And it will break the exhausting, ongoing regiment of lying and faking it's not going to be comfortable it's not going to be easy and for some of you guys who love your wife you love your spouse and your your the shame is kind of compiling on you because you believe that this is all your fault and she's going to hate you if you confess she will reject you and you just don't want to see her hurt right um, I talked about that in the beginning of the episodes. I was seeing a counselor who was like, 
um, misguided. I don't know where he got his information, but he's telling me that I should just take my secrets to my grave. Is that healthy? Would that have been really me that she was loving? If she didn't know what was going on under the surface, if I did go ahead and go after the behavior, right? See, that's why this is so much deeper than just behavior. Imagine the podcast if I hadn't have uh, confessed. I, I, I probably would still, I don't think I'd be doing it still. It would have just been more layers of behavior modification and hip, hip, rah, rah, you can do it, buddy, right? Being you will change the whole paradigm of your situation. Learning who you are, who God created you to be, will blow your mind. And, man, I don't know if your marriage is going to survive. But she also needs to know the truth. Because God loves her too and is doing a work in her heart as well. And that's the next show. I'm not going to um, go into too much more uh, because I got a lot to say on the next show as I read this email from this listener about episode 40, about my lying in this podcast. I, Not that I lied. I just didn't confess the whole truth. I did one through 40 episodes telling you that, you know, I was a porn addict and here's how I went a year without pornography. It was actually much worse than that. Um, so if you haven't heard those, those early episodes, I mean, I was fighting for my life really, you know, and yes, it's true that I had not relapsed during that whole, that whole process. There was no me cheating or looking at porn just a few months before starting this podcast was the last time I was unfaithful to my wife and like a painful, awful, just annoying tumor that had to be removed, I confessed that secret a year later. And I'll talk about it on the next podcast, but I just want you to understand that I feel you, I get you, I I know what that feels like to live in the uncomfortable reality of what's it going to look like if I confess my secrets. Feeling the the sickness of the secret that's that's not brought into the light, living inside your soul, and then, you know, want, knowing that it's it's good and right and will feel better to get that out of you. But again, is it about me feeling better? No, it's not necessarily about you feeling better or more comfortable with yourself. But it is about living in the light and and that's when you start to discover who you really are in the light of God's glorious grace I'm going to leave you with a song by uh, Gaslight Anthem which totally had me feeling you know as I read this email and I put on this album and I heard this song and it was like yeah alright that captures the emotion of some of what I feel now as this podcast starts to gain in in popularity some and as people are you know like as people are peering into my soul some right as as for media attention or the message whatever it is it i feel uh some of that right that that i'm not 
it's hard to be in the position of doing this kind of ministry because I feel so vulnerable sometimes. I mean, week in, week out, month in, month out, I'm putting my history and my dirty secrets out for public consumption. It's all out there, all of my stuff, you know, dirty secrets and the the things in my past and and who I am now. Um, I know I like to say that I'm a big boy, I can handle it, and I like to put my best tough guy forward. But in all actuality, it it does hurt sometimes. It's it's taxing to be. It's it's hard. It hurts sometimes. Um, did I put too much blood on the page doing this ministry? I mean, there's been times where I felt like maybe I shouldn't have confessed, you know. But then I realized just like laying in the sun and just being, having had all my demons, you know, released out into the sunlight where they burn up like vampires is... It's kind of like what it is. Painful, yes. Continues to be sometimes. But the value in my well-being, the value in my relationship with my creator, the ability for me to exist today is um, overwhelmingly fulfilling. And I can honestly say that's the one thing I do not regret about my decision to confess and live in the light. It's a lot less nagging, ongoing, achy, on the inside pain of carrying around that secret baggage, right? The the heavy load of my secret baggage stash that had gone where I went. Uh, for you, the listener, if you let all your secrets out in the light, will will you be putting uh, too much blood on the page? That's that's the question that this song stirs up, and I'll see you all next week. In a couple weeks, I'm not sure. It depends on uh, the timing, um, finishing these episodes. Love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Till next time. Bye.
fear and the intimidation of that task. But eventually, and I speak from experience here, not just in my own life, but for doing this ministry for nine years, this thing will find itself out, all right? It will be exposed in the light one way or the other. The progressiveness of sexual compulsion if there's not an interruption in the pattern, man, that tumor is going to continue to grow. And again, it's way better to confess it than to get busted, caught, or let this thing get worse. I used to pray over and over, God, take this from me. God, remove this from me. And I really believe God wanted me to see his grace, not only so that I could receive it for myself on the inside, but so that I could share that with others and, and give that to others, like my wife, like my kids. And listen, the way that I ran in like a cowboy trying to be the hero of my own story, trying to be my own savior with just using my own willpower, and the solving of the dissonance, the giving up over and over again had to be curbed. It had to be challenged. It had to be shocked with a new worldview. And and that's why I'm telling you this. My prayer for you is that you would live in the truth and just start to crack that little door of your heart open because you can't be a lone wolf and expect to try and solve that level of dissonance in the soul on your own I just had to finish with that little thought prayer for you there till next time bye